Let's pray. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you for tonight. The blessing it is to be able to gather together without any threat of being hindered. And just in saying that, Lord, we we want to lift up just the people in Israel. And not only the Jewish people, but everyone that's involved, even the perpetrators. Those that are opposing the Jewish people. Because God, your word does say, though some of us may not agree, but your word says that your son died for everyone in the world, including those that don't know you yet. So we lift up uh, just this whole situation to you. Uh, we do pray for peace to come there. But God, you have a plan that is perfect. And so, Lord, we lift up the whole situation to you. So be with us this evening, Father, as I share with your people. Uh, God, just touch our hearts. And we do thank you again for Greg, what you did with him physically. And I lift up any other needs that people may have or my brothers and sisters might have this evening. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, or whatever the need is, Father God, help us uh, just to persevere till you give us an answer to our prayers. So Lord, we come and we thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name and we all agree by saying, all right, now, I, I remember what I was going to mention to us. We know that God had delivered the, the people from, that is, the Jewish people from Egypt, right? They were in bondage. He's gonna, that he promised them to take them to land, as we would say, as we read in the Bible, a land where a plenty that would be flowing with milk and honey. We also know that they would uh, take a bit longer into reaching that promised land because of the Bible indicates unbelief. They didn't trust God completely to provide everything that they needed. As we continue on in reading that account, we know that there was a time where God would call Moses up to Mount Sinai. And Moses would spend some time with the Lord up on the mountain. And so that was the case, and it was, I believe, back in uh, chapter 32 that in the absence of Moses, the people got themselves in a bit of trouble because they became impatient, not knowing what had happened to Moses. Remember, I think I taught that chapter. And because it was this time that seemed to be really prolonged, they wanted some type of assurance that uh, there was a God still with them. And so we know the story, right? They uh, asked Aaron if he would build them uh, an idol, basically. And we saw that they he... Uh, not constructed, but uh, engraved or uh, fashioned out a golden calf. And they begin to worship that. Moses and, uh, is, comes down from the mountain. He's accompanied by Joshua. They heard a loud noise and 
I believe it was Joshua said, sounds like there's a battle. And I believe Moses said, no, it sounds more like they're partying. And he came back with the commandments of the Lord, the commandments that God had given him for the people, right? So that they might be able to uh, know how they would be uh, able to have a relationship with God as God desired for them. But as you know, the, uh, Moses arrived, he saw what was going to happen, and so he got a little upset. And what did he do with those Ten Commandments or the tablets he, that he had? He broke them. Right, he totally broke them because he was so upset. As we move on, we know, and now as we, as we've been reading and continue on, one of the things that we can draw from this is the grace of God. God was gracious, and He would renew or restore the covenant that He had first made with the people. And so there'd be another time that, or another instance where God would call on Moses to meet him again up on the mountain. And God wanted to do or continue to do a new thing. God wouldn't change his mind about his love towards the people. And he was going to reinstate a covenant that they broke, not that he broke. The people, if you recall, when they were given those words uh, by Moses from God, the people said, whatever he says, we will do. And there's those times when we possibly have said the same thing. And for whatever reason, we don't. We break, you know, a, possibly a promise. And I think I shared about broken promises on a Sunday morning. And though we may, break our, uh, we may break our promises, God will never break His promises. And though we may not keep our covenant or our, our agreement with Him, He will give us a second chance. And that's what I see here. And so there's a couple of things that uh, stood out to me as I was reading out or reading the conclusion of chapter 34. And I'll point that out to us in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd like to have us read. I'll read, you follow along, verse 10 there in this chapter, that is chapter 34. And God's speaking to Moses, right? And he's saying, I'm, I'm going to renew this, this agreement, this covenant with the people. Even though they, and they totally blew it. They got into idolatry. Uh, a bunch of people died as a result of that, if you recall. But notice what we read here concerning what God said. And he said, Behold, I make a new, or I'm sorry, I make a covenant before all your people 
I will do marvels such as not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. You know, as I was reading this, I can't help but to think to myself that it's such a blessing to know that God is gracious with us, even when we know to do better and do it not. And he gives us that opportunity in such a way that he says that if you will renew that relationship with me, I'm going to do such an incredible thing in your life. You have the second chance. You have another opportunity to have this relationship that I want to have with you in such a way that there's no doubt and there should be no doubt in anyone's mind that I am in you, I am with you, and I am working through you. Because as we read here, it's the Lord saying, listen, watch. I'm making a new covenant. Not a new one, but I'm renewing it. And in front of all the people that you stand with or are among, I'm going to do some wonderful things. I'm paraphrasing what we just read. I'm going to do some marvelous things or some wonderful things such as you have not done before while you've been on this planet. And they're going to see the work of the Lord. And there that last sentence of that paragraph for or that verse says, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. You're going to be different. There's going to be change. When God's involved in change in our lives, I don't know how you've experienced this, but it's always for the better. It's sometimes difficult to go through some change. But if God's in it, it's always for the best. It's always for the best. So he's preparing his people in such a way that he's saying to them, okay, I'm going to remind you of those commandments. So it would be that Moses would go back up to Mount Sinai and he would be there with the Lord. We're going to read that in just a moment. But something would happen. He would rewrite, that is God, the Ten Commandments, on two new tablets that Moses would carve out of stone. But something happened to Moses that when he came back to the people, there was a noticeable difference. I want you to kind of like Imprint, tattoo that in your mind. 
And you're thinking, tattoo what in my mind? These two words. Noticeable difference. Noticeable difference. And what we're going to see here and read in just a moment, and, and I think that, and I hope that this isn't too hard for you or us to receive. For whatever reason, I've been really impressed to remind us, not in a legalistic way and not in a condescending way, but in a way that we would truly consider that God is doing and wanting to do a new thing in us. And as we spend time with God, is there a noticeable difference? It takes time for people to recognize a noticeable difference. It can come overnight. But to really be, I, I believe, uh, or, or, or to, to be conformed to the image of Christ, as we often say, some of you may have quoted that, it takes time for the sculptor to trim off all the rough edges and to smooth things out. It takes time. And it does take a noticeable, I mean, it, 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 it will bring about a noticeable difference. I'm going to give you an example in just a moment. And the example is this. I, I've been, uh, invited to be on a few groups where the audience are all pastors. Most of them, <laughs> well, obviously all of them are a lot younger than I am. And it's, it's a group where some of us have an opportunity to mentor other pastors. Uh, this morning I was... On when I'm not bragging, I'm just sharing with you. I'm wanting to get a point across. I was uh, speaking to about 25 pastors. Uh, no, I take that back. It was yesterday morning from the southeast. One is in Scotland. Another one was in Colombia. Another one was in Brazil. So it just has a lot of pastors on it. And the topic was accountability. Being accountable. How, how, does, how do pastors stay accountable? So that they don't go off the deep end or do whatever it is that uh, might hinder their ministry. And would you know it, the first one that they ask a question of or ask for a response was me. And I, I'm realizing that the reason they always ask me first is because I'm the senior. I'm the oldest one in the group. There's another guy that's on there. He's been pastoring for 30 years, and the rest are way under 
uh, pastoring less time than that, but I've been pastoring for 40 years. So why would they do that? Because hopefully I've been spending time with God for 40 years and there is a noticeable difference, not only physically. I mean, there's that's a given for all of us. But when you spend time with God, not that that makes you any better than anyone else, but it does lend itself uh, to an openness to receive what God has been doing with someone who's been spending time with him. Does that make sense? It's going to make a lot of sense in just a moment, I hope. You see, and and... The reason that I'm sharing these things with us is because um, more than likely this war in Israel isn't the final war that's going to lead to or, uh, you know, be the one that is a true indication of the rapture. It is an indication. Uh, You know, and I just kind of thought to myself, well, I won't even tell you what I thought to myself. Uh, This could turn in the other direction. I'll just, I won't get into detail, but Everyone's helping Israel right now. But as we know, for centuries, people have looked at Israel as the problem, or the Israelites, the Jewish people, for centuries. This could very easily say, hey, well, listen, you know, like, if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be any problem. And what starts out as friendship may turn to you're the problem. Why don't you go with the flow? Or we are going to pull all our support back. Now, I'm not saying that's the case. But it could be. And then then that'll get really fun because then we're out of here. All right? Um, but what was I going to say? Um But until then, God wants to do something with us. Let me get back on point here. So we read all of what happened. Mike went, I believe, through all of these verses, all the things that uh, that uh, Moses. Oh yeah, he uh, he wrote the Ten Commandments again, the Lord, and he bring him back down to Moses. I mean, he give them to Moses. Moses would bring that those those restored tablets, if you will, to the people. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Because we are in these last days, I really feel it's important that each and every one of us are making every effort. I'm not saying you are not. But make every effort to spend as much time with your Savior and your Creator. Because He does desire to do something wonderful in each and every one of you. And each and every one of us. Why? Because He loves us. And because He loves us, He wants people to see Him, or as we would say, Jesus in us. But if we're not... How many of you remember possibly when you were younger? Maybe junior... How many of you remember junior high? There seems to be when I always wanted to be accepted. And was there someone that you really admired in junior high? I, and not in a boyfriend-girlfriend way, but in 
in in in a way like I want to be like that person, and you started acting like them, and maybe talking to like them, and kind of use mannerisms that they did. Any of you ever do that, or was I the only envious person? <laughs> we would do that, right? I mean, you just wanted to be kind of like them, and so. Uh, you know, I pray that we really would want to be more like Jesus. But that takes a lot of restructuring. And it doesn't happen unless we're spending time with the Lord. And the reason I wanted you to imprint noticeable difference in your minds is because after Moses spent and it's going to be declared here or written or it has been written for us. We're going to read it. How much time Moses spent with God. The people saw a difference. So let's read now. I'll pick it up at verse 27. So all of these things, commandments, the Lord reiterated to Moses. Verse 27. And then the Lord said to Moses. Write these Words, for according to the tenor of these words, or in according to these words, same difference according to the tenor, uh, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. It wasn't just for Israel, it was for Moses also. It was a new relationship, if you will. And because Moses blew it, right? He got upset at the people, threw the tabs down, totally wrecked it. And then he had to deal with the people. So he was guilty. Not as guilty possibly as maybe, I don't know, however God you know, viewed it. But he was just as, he failed also. So he says, I have made a new, or I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Okay, so he's there on the mountain with God and gets the new tablets. And he's there for 40 days and 40 nights without eating or without drinking anything. Now, we also know that Jesus did the same thing, right? Thus, it's somewhat... You know what Moses said, that they should look for a prophet much like himself, which would be Jesus. But notice the difference. Now it was so, verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with God. Something was happening here. Obviously here, it is going to be a physical phenomenon. Because literally, he, from what we see here, his face was glowing. But it made or it indicated that he was different and was noticeable. 
and it would leave an impression on the people. Are you beginning to see how this is flowing? When we spend time with God and we believe what His Word says concerning what it means to be a new creation, we are to shine as lights in a crooked and perverse generation. People should notice that I've been spending time with God, not only by the way that I speak, because anyone can speak and fool people. It's more of how do I respond to things, how do I react, how do I uh, discern, the, how, do I, how do I come to the decisions that I do, and how do I even make it through life. I've had people say to me in the past, and maybe you've had someone share with you, there's such a glow about you. Now, if you look in a mirror, you don't glow. But I think you, you, you understand, they're saying like, there's just this something about you that's different. What is it? Why is it that you're different? Because the Word of God is making a difference in my life and because I'm believing God at His promises to make me a new creation. It took 40 days and 40 nights For there to be a noticeable difference on Moses. It's taken 40 years in my life to have somewhat of a noticeable difference. But you see, there's no denying the fact that if we truly spend sincere, genuine, undivided attention to what God has to say to us, or speak to us, or instructs us in, there will be a noticeable change. If there isn't, you're just making it harder on yourself. And it's, I, all I can say to you is, and some of you may be with me on this, it's awesome. And, 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 and it, it does demand change. Some of us don't like change, right? I'm surprised no one's asked me, how come you got the round table up here instead of the, that cool pulpit? Well, because I didn't think the pulpit was so cool because it's so high for me, I didn't like it. and I kind of like the new look of a pulpit. And who says there has to be a pulpit? That's just probably something that some people dreamed, I won't say dreamed up, thought about doing. It stuck, it became a tradition, and we use it. The thing, the pulpit is the Bible. <laughs> but sometimes we, we get so hung up in just what we're used to and change comes and we get all like, oh my goodness. I really do believe change is good. 
I, I really do. So what we see here is when he comes down and the two, and now it's when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain that Moses did not know that his the skin of his face shone while he talked with him, with the Lord. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. And they go like, wow, what's going on with this guy, you know? And and so like Moses is saying, listen, come on back. You don't have to be afraid of me. Then Moses called to them and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him. Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the children of Israel came near and he gave them as commandments all the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. And there's a lot of discussion of why he did this and and all of that. But for me, it just stood out that, you know, and he wanted to keep this glory possibly. He didn't want it to go away. I don't know. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. In other words, he didn't want to be veiled before the Lord. A veil can hide something. He, I, I, I'm just looking at this and, and I'm thinking, uh, possibly, I don't know if this is theologically correct, but he was naked, if you will, before the Lord. And we need to be at that place where we can say, God, here I am. I'm naked before you. There's nothing hidden. Because I can't hide anything from you. I could carry out and read it, carry, get carried away and read into the scriptures, burn off that which is not of you. We even sing a song like that. So he would take the veil off as he spoke to the Lord. And then he would come out and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded and I also like this because it seems as if Moses as he was speaking with God he would receive word from God he would not be afraid nor ashamed to speak whatever the Lord had commanded him to speak because after all God had the best interests of the people at heart. He wanted them to appreciate all that he was doing. Sometimes, uh, you know, I think that, I'm not saying that this is all the case, but on occasion, we forget to appreciate what we have. What little or much we have. We forget to appreciate even the small things. I got King David in trouble, right? Even uh, as I read out of, uh, or reminded us of uh, the the shortcoming or the big fall that King David had when he gazed at Beersheba and wanted her, or Bathsheba. I keep saying Beersheba. That's a that's a place. Bathsheba. 
And, and the Lord, or Samuel said to him, you know, spoke to David from, from the Lord. He says, hey, listen, I took care of you when you didn't have anything. And don't you think I would still care, take care of your needs? And so often we can fall into that trap of not appreciation, appreciating what we have. Even as Christians. So Moses was not afraid to share with the people what God had spoken him to him to share with the people. And uh I think uh, there needs there, we need to be open to whatever God is speaking to us. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, verse 35, and the skin of Moses shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with them. Now, as I was thinking about this, you know, obviously, <laughs> this is just to throw the, throw this in there as, as kind of get a chuckle out of you. Um but Moses was lit up. He was lit up by the Lord. How lit up are we? Not that we're, you know, have to be totally extroverted, but how excited are we about the Lord? And you don't have to be an excitable person, but how excited are we inwardly to where our countenance glows with confidence in knowing that God is going to take care of everything? Just knowing, pushing through the pain, pushing through the disappointments, pushing through uh, whatever it is that might be trying to drive you down. Because the reality is, uh, we say, and I, I, you know, I keep myself in check with this. I say I believe God in all things, that I trust God no matter what. And when things begin to look a little negative, uh, you know, I try to put my hands in it to fix it. And then when I do that, I realize then I really don't believe what I've told other people I believe. Because if I really, really believe that God's in control, then why am I trying to fix it or change things? If I really believe God and follow his lead, I don't need to worry about anything. In fact, the Bible tells us not to worry, Right. I, I, you know, but there's a reality of it. We do worry, and and then I mask it with this. Well, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. What's the difference? I'm just concerned. Well, that means you're worried. No, there's there is there could be a little slight difference, but I'm learning. I'm trying to learn to cast all my cares upon Him. In every area of my life. That's not an easy thing to do. Because we try to take it back. To fix something. Does that make sense? Some of you it's making sense. Some of you maybe not. But you see here. What we see is that Moses. He was lit up for the Lord. And the people saw a noticeable difference. Here's what I read. For you were once darkness. 
but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. How do you walk as children of light? By demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. Who is in us? For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Goodness, kindness, love, long-suffering, meekness, joy, and peace. I may have gotten the order a little turned around. But that's the fruit of the Spirit. Paul went on to say in that, that Ephesians passage, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, in all righteousness, in all truth. Moses came down from that mountain after spending 40 days and 40 nights totally devoted to hearing from God and he came down with the goodness of God, a righteous way to live, and the truth of what God had for the people. And the people listened. At first they were afraid because he was so different that they backed off. But he calls them. He says, hey, listen, don't be afraid. I have good news. God's restoring that covenant. He has every right to break it with us, but he never broke it. We did. And he gave us a second chance. So awesome. And... When we do that, we can we can come to that place of understanding that nothing or no one should threaten us. Because whatever we are doing for the Lord, we're doing in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. And as we do that, we are to give thanks to the Lord through Jesus. In fact, Paul wrote to the Colossians in Colossians 3.17, he says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever we do, he goes on to say in verse 23 of Colossians 3, and whatever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord and not to men. So often people in ministry, or just, you know, they, they get hung up on self and men, or people, instead of just, no, it's not about me. It's about Jesus and I'm doing it for him and I want to give him all the glory. And if people like it, well, okay. If they don't like it, well, I guess that's okay too. But whatever I do, I'm going to do in the name of the Lord to bring glory to him so that people will see a noticeable difference in my life that the Holy Spirit hopefully is being seen as one who is controlling me. Or instructing me, influencing me, changing me. I want there to be a noticeable difference. I don't want to just speak about it. I want to live it. We want to live it. In fact, the Apostle John tells us that we are not to just love in word, but we are to love in deed and in truth. Have you ever noticed this? And I'm a recipient of this as of late. And I'm not asking, just pray for me. And I, I get hurt a little bit. But you know what? People say they love me and then they just have no consideration for my feelings at all. Nor my wife's feelings. 
I wish I could elaborate on that, but then I'd be judging people of putting a bet. You know, sometimes I go, you know, like people say they love me and we mean that much to them and then they just burn us without even talking to us. And then they blame me for not responding. They say, and, and, and Christians are good at doing that. It's really, really sad. See, on, one, on the one hand, we say, I love God and I do this and I believe it's God and His Word and all of this. May on the other hand, I demonstrate something else. It's just really, really sad. And you know, one of the things that I like about the Word of God, it confronts us. None of us, I think I taught this, I missed it a little bit on Sunday, but you know, no one likes confrontation. Right? No one, no. But you know, confrontation sometimes is necessary because God confronts us all the time. Doesn't He? He does. He confronts us all the time through His Word. And not in a negative way. We always look at confrontation as being negative. Uh, you know, I look at confrontation uh, uh, like this there's an issue, let's deal with it. Let's just deal with it. And you don't have to be mean-spirited to deal with it. You say, hey, listen, what, you know, like, let's, let's get, let's get, cut through the chase. You know, it's like, don't beat around the bush, just tell me. So there's, a, you know, so often, though, that confrontation is avoided, and because of that, bad feelings can begin to enter in. See, what I see with Moses here is he wasn't afraid to give them the commandments. Spent time with the Lord. But here's what I was getting to is the the passage that John, Apostle John writes in 1 John 3.18 where he says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now, he was speaking about caring for other people in those passages, about, you know, the poor and reaching out to them and not to just say, hey, I love you, bro, or love you, sis, and, and not do anything about it. And to keep it in context. I don't want to take it out of context. That's what he was speaking about, John. But I think we could, you know, broaden it and say, hey, don't tell someone you love them and, and Look how cool in front of everyone's eyes, and then you don't you do the, quite the opposite. You know, and I'm at fault. At, I'm trying not to be at fault at that anymore. But I found that sometimes there's some repercussions of being very open. <laughs> Just like I tend to have, I have that tendency. But because I know I'm going to answer to the Lord. And so, you know, in these last days, it's I think our walks are going to be examined. And are we ready? Now, thank God we're all going to make it to heaven. It's not works. But my faith should lead me to good works. If you read the I mean, the, the uh, letter from James. He said, show me your faith by, by your work. I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you the faith that I have because I'm going to live out what I say I believe. And so, um, 
Well, we don't have time to get into chapter 35. All right. So chapter 35, I'll leave that to, I think, Pastor Joe will be here with you next. I think he's next Wednesday. Pastor Joe. All right. So he should be back from vacation. So I encourage you guys to spend it. Spend as much time as you can with the Lord. And that doesn't mean you have to go up to Mount Baldy. Yeah. You can spend time with the Lord all day long. And most of you are possibly already do that. You know, I that's all I'm doing nowadays I, in this way. I mean, I go about things, but I'm speaking with God. At least I, I, I think I am. Every almost every moment of the day, study, loving on my wife and my grandkids. But in all of that, all of those little in between times, I'm asking God to guide me for the future, for the present. For the past is done and forgiven. But just to guide me. Because we want to, I know I want to be as much as I humanly possibly can, more conformed to the example that the Word gives us of what it means to be a child of God. And it's not easy. But I encourage you, spend time with the Lord and it's it just is it's rewarding it's just rewarding and he'll calm your hearts give you wisdom this morning i just give you a quick example no, i won't tell you a, a quick illustration or example i don't know this morning i woke up actually my mind woke me up isn't it you may identify with this have you been so busy thinking about things and you wake up and you're either grumpy, in distress, or maybe a little confused, indecisive about something, or maybe you're beating yourself up over something that you may have said? Or someone said something to you that you didn't appreciate and it really bothered you? Well, that's how I woke up this morning. Not with all of those things, but a couple of those things. And and I had to just start praying and I and I said, Lord, I, I'm I'm perplexed about this. Now, I'm waking up, and right now, I don't want to get up. I'm not totally depressed, but I didn't want to get up. I wanted to go back to sleep, uh, you know, just like not think about it. But the more that I laid there, the more I started thinking about what was going on. So I said, okay, like, let's talk about this thing, God. Help me play this whole scenario out and help me to just involve you in it. And within an hour and a half, I'm going like, oh, what's the problem? This is how it's going to work out. And he gave me a solution. 
You see, it's just like cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. Yeah, so uh, I just encourage you with that. Just take Moses as the example. You know, may your time that you spend, our time, as each one of us spend individual time with the Lord, may the end result, though it, can, it will be a progressive possibly result, may there be a noticeable difference in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. God, thank you again for tonight. Be with us. Get us all home safely. Watch over us. As you always do, you always watch over us. Uh, Lord, help us to be attentive to your voice. Encourage anyone here that may be a bit discouraged, which comes, but it's not to remain. Remove any confusion as each person might seek your counsel and bring resolve to whatever it is that needs to be resolved. Strengthen us, God. And we ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all agree by saying, Amen. All right.